0: I just completed a corporate relocation, moved clear across the country. Um, at my job, I was the only manager overseeing all three shifts of seven different product lines at this at this plant. Uh, i'll I'll, <laughs> I'll obscure the name of the organization. Uh, wh- what little time I spent at home was spent sleeping on the floor in a brand new house that I bought, and this went on for about two or three months until my wife, uh, who was a physician and is a physician, Uh, Uprooted her practice and moved all of her household goods clear across the country to join me Uh, You know those in the military could probably relate to that experience. Uh, She was also pregnant with my oldest son and Literally within a week of her arrival. I mean, we're still in in boxes um, I was called into the office by HR told that I was being let go as part of an organization-wide RIF or reduction in force So there I was without a job uh, my wife pregnant and also without a job uh, and our whole house literally in in boxes surrounding us. So yeah, that was a tough time. Um the the stress level was amped up, but uh you know the military among the many things it teaches us is uh, provides perspective and in this case about about how to be resilient, about how to get back up when we're kicked down. I mean, that's just life.
1: What is going on, all of you amazing abundant leaders out there? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community, proving to you that you can, in fact, and should, you have a responsibility to live a life of abundance on your way to having more. And listen, there is absolutely nothing with wanting more. Those who have more in their life can be more abundant and they can survive certain situations in their life. Like if you have to take time off of work to spend time with family members, or if you get injured at work, then you can handle the time off of work. Or if you have other resources to where you can do that. Or if there's something going on, like what's going on today with the lockdown, and you can't go to work, or you're limited on how much work you can do and be at the office or whatever it is that you do, then you're able to take care of your family first. And then when you have an abundance of resources, and any other time, you're able to pay it forward and give to others. So yes, I do feel it is a responsibility upon all of us to be as abundant in our time, treasures and talents as humanly possible. I recently read a story of a lady who took a vow of poverty so that she could help other people who were living in poverty. Consider that. Think about that. How are you going to help a smoker by becoming a smoker? Or how are you going to help an alcoholic becoming an alcoholic? It makes no more sense to take a vow of poverty to help people in poverty. So do everything in your power that you can to become as abundant as possible in your time, treasures, and talents, and then pay it forward. And one way to take action today, one way to be abundant in your actions today, is to pay it forward and share men of abundance with everyone you come in contact with just share it with them. You never know what's going on in somebody's life. Many people don't share their personal problems. They don't share it on social media. They don't share it in person. So you never know. Have you ever had a conversation or have you ever had an event happen in your life where a family member was ill or a family member, God forbid, committed suicide? And you think, there were no signs. How did I know? How would I have known? I couldn't believe that it happened to that individual. I never saw it coming you just don't know. So share these conversations with others. Maybe it will touch them in some way or another, and they will come back and thank you for it. I promise you that. And I know this to be a fact because I have people sending me emails and messages on a regular basis telling me what they're getting out of these conversations and how it saved their business or it saved their job or it saved their relationship, even saved their life. I'm very humbled by it, but these are conversations and and stories that I'm sharing from real people that you otherwise would have never heard the conversations from because I'm seeking out and reaching out to these people for them to share their stories with you. Now, pay it forward, be abundant in your actions, and share these stories with others. Now, while our conversation today is based around veterans because our featured guest today is a veteran, I'm a veteran. Mission transition is an important tool for veterans transitioning into civilian life and into other careers. And this conversation is very beneficial to anyone changing careers at this point in time. And a lot of people are changing careers. In part because of the lockdown, but also just because it was time for them to finally make the decision and pull the trigger to change careers. I implore you, do not try to do it on your own. Get mentors, get coaches, find somebody in the industry that you want to transition into. Find somebody that actually has a track record of helping people because just because somebody's transitioned doesn't mean that they have the skills to show and to teach others how to properly transition into various careers. But find somebody. There's somebody out there in every single career that can help you transition, whether it's from the military into civilian life, or from a corporate career to an entrepreneur, or just from one career to another. Ensure sure to get somebody on your side who knows how to help you properly transition. Now, today's guest is one of the nation's leading experts in career transition for veterans and public service professionals. Matthew J. Lewis is a graduate of West Point and retired lieutenant colonel, having spent more than 25 years in uniform and 20 years in the corporate world. Today, he leads global strategy and transformation projects at Deloitte, the largest professional service firm in the world and continues to serve several veteran collaboratives around the country. Matt is also the author of Mission Transition, a practical guide for veterans in transition and their employers. He coaches individuals on their transition efforts and advises employers on hiring programs designed to successfully assimilate these valuable talent pools. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Matthew Lewis. Matt, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing?
0: I'm great, Wally. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I look forward to sharing my story with your audience here.
1: Yeah, we look forward to hearing it. Where are you at in the world?
0: I am in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, That's home for myself and my family.
1: Very nice. I have not been to that part of the the United States or the world (laughs) for that matter. Not yet, anyway.
0: Well, you're not missing much by way of sports teams, at least not recently. But uh, hopefully we'll turn things around someday.
1: Oh, who knows? That's interesting, actually, that you say that. Because I grew up in Phoenix, and growing up, we never had a football team. You know, I know we had a we had a baseball team, but I wasn't much into sports when I was a kid. And then when I got older, I was like, "Hey, we don't have a football team." And then it, you know, finally got the Cardinals out that way. But yeah, it's you know, everybody's got their their challenges when it comes to the sports uh, subject.
0: Yeah. Well, now you're down Florida way. You got several choices. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, got a lot of choices down here and I we get I like getting out to the baseball game. We haven't gotten to a hockey game yet, and I did like going to hockey games. It's it's always exciting no matter what, you know, league you're going to. The hockey games are always so exciting.
0: Yeah, I've only been to a few NHL games. Um, they have uh, long since left town here, but they mm-hmm. uh, they still have minor league teams here.
1: Nice. Well, I like to get started with an attitude of gratitude, Matt. What do you have to be grateful for today?
0: Yeah, as do I. Well, for starters, Wally, uh, I'm grateful to be on your podcast today. Thank you for having me. Uh, like I said, I look forward to to sharing my story with your listeners. I'm also grateful to everyone uh, that contributed to my newly released book. Its title is Mission Transition, Navigating the Opportunities and Obstacles to Your Post-Military Career. It's a practical guide for veterans leaving active duty. In fact, I use that exact phrase, an attitude of gratitude, in the acknowledgement portion of my book, Anyone that's written one will tell you it's not a singular endeavor, and uh, lots of people helped me with it, and and for that, I'm exceptionally grateful.
1: Yeah, for sure. I've been through that process myself, and it is definitely not easy, and I've been working on the book that actually got this whole podcast started for about three years. (laughs) I'm (laughs) kind of embarrassed to say, Um, but just so much stuff came up that it took on a life of its own. It kind of went to the back burner, but I've just recently started reengaging it, so I'm looking forward to getting that done
0: yeah I know how you feel I'm trying to make my way through a second book while promoting the first and uh, one always seems to get in the way of the other
1: (laughs) yeah for sure absolutely you know and I want to bring up right up front that while this conversation is veteran centric um, don't go away guys because uh, as I understand it and correct me if I'm wrong here Matt yeah. when we're talking about what your book specifically and, and other stuff that you do it's also talking directly to business owners and other organizations who might be considering working with veterans and why they should be is that correct
0: yeah absolutely um, I mean it's it's all about career change and there's people on either side of of that change there's the individual going through. Uh, The the career change itself, in in this case, while I focus on veterans and their families, it's broadly, the the process for which I advocate is broadly applicable to anyone considering a career change. And then there's the employer, and I I say employer because 95 plus percent of transitioning veterans end up working for someone. Mm -hmm. There's employers on the other side, and in fact, that's where the second book is targeted, uh, the the other half of the civil-military divide that's ever-growing in our, our nation today.
1: Yeah, and I'm looking forward to really getting into that. But before we do, you know, we we, yep. we talked a little bit about your professional side when I read your bio here, when we first got started here. But here on Men of Abundance, we really like to get a little bit more personal and get to know the man behind the abundance. So if you would, how would you describe yourself?
0: All right, so I'll meet you there. And in light of the focus of your podcast, let me start with, I consider myself a child of God who was put on this earth to help the human race address some of its most complex challenges. Now that sounds uh, awfully uh, highbrow. Let me try to bring that down a little bit. Uh, I'm also a loving father and husband who's constantly striving to enable the best for my family while living a life of significance in the service of others. And then uh, even more tactically, I'm I'm a traditionally published author who's passionate about significantly shrinking the ever-growing civil-military gap in this country.
1: That's interesting, civil-military gap. Explain that a little bit.
0: Yeah, so just a few statistics to give you a sense of of what that is. Uh, Let's start with the fact that less than one-half of 1% of the people in the country have served on active duty at any time since 9-11. But more to the point, and specific to my book effort, uh, let's consider those running the the corporate world, uh, those that would have the jobs that a transitioning veteran would aspire to attain. And let's define that as the, the C-suite, CEO, CFO, CXO, if you will, of the, the Fortune 1000. Uh, in the post-Vietnam years, uh, the, the percentage of those folks that had military experience was something between 30 and 40 percent. And that makes sense. You know, there was the the Korea uh, vets and World War II vets. They were kind of uh, very much a part of leadership in uh, the executive suite and, and the corporate world back then. Well, fast forward to today, what do you think that percentage is?
1: Oh, I have no idea.
0: It's it's two and a half percent and shrinking um, oh. all the time. So, I mean, flip that around. If I'm a veteran coming out and, and um, aspire a job in the corporate world, and i if I've got an interview with with an exec, there's a you know better than ninety seven and a half percent chance that these folks have no idea who I am as a veteran, what I've done or what I can do and it's that lack of mutual understanding uh, that drives that that gap and results in veterans not finding the right fit in the real world
1: hmm. yeah I, I have you ever heard of veterati? absolutely yeah so i get an opportunity to talk to i talked to a lot of veterans here in the community as well cuz tampa is just a huge veteran entrepreneur i specifically do with a lot of veteran entrepreneurs but on veterati you know i get a chance to talk to people that are transitioning and for those of you who don't know veteratis it just connects transitioning veterans with those of us who have already transitioned and we get a chance to mentor them. It's a really neat system. And a lot of them have no idea how valuable their skills are from the time that they spent in the military, whether it's four years or 24 years. It doesn't matter. They pick up a lot of skills that they just don't realize. Uh, rather, your infantry, medical or Anywhere, you know, anywhere in that gamut and regardless of what branch. So what is your experience with that and what would you say to that?
0: Uh, well, it's it's all part of creating a, a tribal environment, which is absolutely critical to uh, veterans realizing a successful transition. Uh, if, if you've ever read the book, Sebastian Younger's book, Tribe, Uh, Mm -hmm. It gets to the point, you know, veterans coming out have to avail themselves of individuals like them to help them segue. And whether it's uh, uh, an organization like Veterati or in their new organization, wherever they land, you know, some sort of affinity group or business resource group that involves other veteran peers is absolutely critical uh, to, to help them understand the, the culture of where they're landing, and the way in which they need to to transition to to, to 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 differentiate what what they've done to translate what they've done into the real world, the new organization function that they're in.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. And and when you were saying that, there was something that triggered uh, thought when I was traveling around all the time, and my kids were always going to various schools, and if they weren't schools on base uh generally weren't then there were military impacted schools and within the school they all some of them had a veteran kind of a a military support group if you will children who were also you know uh children of active duty military and they had programs where these kids would really kind of grab a hold of the new kid specifically a um you know, military child and show them around. Have you ever heard of anything like that within an organization?
0: Uh, some of the, the larger corporations out there that have these, uh, call it affinity groups or business resource groups, uh, do enable that sort of thing. But it, it, it does tend to be rare, at least in the civilian world. Uh, but the, the kind of function that you're describing, um, you know, obviously exist on uh, military bases and, mm-hmm. and posts and that's a, a huge piece of the loss that veterans experience when they leave that that tribal community is uh suddenly not there anymore and, and that extends you know not just for them and their day jobs but for to their entire families
1: right right well it's just i can just have this conversation forever because it's obviously you know being a retired army medic myself it's near and dear to my heart, and I talk to a lot of veterans who are just, you know, quite frankly, struggling in a lot of ways. Um, And I I sympathize with many of them, but some of them, honestly, they just kind of bring it on themselves. And I say that harshly with tough love, uh, because I, I just have to have that conversation with some of them, because... I talked to some veterans who were, you know, they were in for six years and they'll say comments like, well, I just can't, I can't get along with these civilians and stuff. And I was like, well, you joined the military when you were 20, you were a civilian much longer than you were in the military. Now, granted, you get indoctrinated much quicker, uh, depending on what your mission is and what organizations you're in, in the military, but they should still be able to transition. Um, What do you find is, is... One of the hardest parts about uh, veterans who are transitioning into the civilian sector on a personal on a personal level.
0: Yeah, so first to your point, you know we spend months <laughs> uh, putting throat folks through whether it's basic training and all the follow on training just to get them indoctrinated and then mm-hmm. obviously a career, basically their entire adult lives swimming in that pool and then they spend, you know, a week <laughs> in a transition program, right. you know, you, you just don't pivot that quickly into an entire entirely new way of being. Uh, to your question, though, um, you know, on a personal level, I, I think veterans struggle with a number of things. You know, one is that civil military gap that I characterized earlier. Uh, second, I don't think they realize or anticipate that the true loss that they're going to experience in coming out. It's more than just uh, the loss of uh, a regular paycheck and the role that they have. It, it's their rank. It's the awards, everything that they wore on their chest, the instant recognition of that. Uh, you know, whatever authority they had and what role that they're in, uh, they can no longer give orders, expect those things will be carried out. Uh, the camaraderie that they had with peers, they're going to lose that, whether that was via combat or some other uh, capacity you know they lose the certainty of a chain of command and an organizational hierarchy uh you know and many times that's replaced uh with competition in the real world they lose the the built-in support network she made reference to to schools but you know extend that extend that to include bx PX, commissary housing hospitals club system one stop you name it all those things exist at every duty station suddenly you pivot in the real world and you know poof it's it's all gone you gotta piece those together on your own Uh, You lose the structure of your work, your daily routine. Uh, I can go on and on. The upshot is, I mean, you're entering entirely new uh, communities with entirely new cultures that have entirely new expectations. And and you've got to adjust uh, your attitude uh, and your approach to be successful. Uh, The other thing I would would say, two other things real quickly to answer your question. One is, uh, in making the transition, most fail to first consider who versus what. And and let me define what I'm talking about here. Um, In my book, as well as uh, Dick Bowles, who wrote What Color Is Your Parachute, we advocate Mm -hmm. for first understanding yourself, your personal passions, your personal strengths, and if you understand what gets you up out of bed in the morning and keeps you going, and if you can find a way to have that fit in the real world, you know you won't work a day in your life. Uh, it, but most of the transition programs out there today focus on what first, and you know, what have you done? Let's put that MOS into a skill translator, and voila, there's your uh, civilian role. And that's just not the way it works. If you do who before what, you're going to be successful 84% of the time. If you do what before who, you're going to be successful only 28% of the time. Mm -hmm. So my book's all about the 84%. Um, And then the the last point I'd say on a personal basis is folks don't allow themselves enough time uh, to understand that who before they get out. And there's lots of reasons for that in this day and age. You know, The military, as you well understand, is a mission-first organization, and it always will be. Mm-hmm. uh you know if i'm a taxpayer if i'm running the pentagon i want that money going to beans and bullets i don't want it to people getting out of the service
1: right
0: and so there's all sorts of incentives to to put that off uh and not allow people the, the time that they and their families need uh, to do that self introspection and discover their who to find where and how that'll best land and translate in the real world
1: yeah it, it agreed and and i definitely agree that the military really should not be heading that, uh, that mission. It's important. It's a gravely important mission, no doubt. But I'd, I've never believed that the military should be heading that. They should have the transition portion of it, but then there should be other programs, and there should be more people like yourself. And there are many programs out there that a lot of people just don't know about. That's um, right. One, organiza- one podcast that I will plug on here uh, run by Jeremy Paris is called the Veteran Resources Podcast. Uh, have you ever heard of him?
0: I haven't, but thanks for mentioning. I will that. get you connected for
1: sure. He's he's transitioned from podcast to YouTube because he found his audience just liked YouTube better. But and I believe he's still doing interviews. But that's where I learned about so many different resources, and he did too. That's why he started the podcast. He did, he had no idea there were so many resources out there.
0: Um, oh, yeah. They're just
1: not. They're not. You know what? You know how it is with nonprofits, and and many of them are for profit actually. But even nonprofits, they can't advertise, so nobody ever hears about the darn things.
0: That's right. I mean, there's literally tens of thousands of them around the country. Mm-hmm. To your point around function of government agencies, you're spot on. I mean, DOD exists to fight and win the nation's wars. Mm-hmm. The VA serves a health care function throughout the lifetime of a veteran. They're not in the business of turning soldiers into civilians.
1: Right. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, it just needs to be clarified and 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 it needs to be fixed in that regard. Because I personally thought as I transitioned, the transition program was great for me. For two reasons. One, I knew I wanted to go on and and start my own business. And two, I wanted to get back into work for DOD until that happened. And that's, that's exactly what happened for me. I went back and went to work for DOD. But at the same time, you know, people are saying, well, you were an Army medic. You want to go be a medic? Well, first off, no, because I'm way too old as far as I'm concerned, and I have no idea. I do not want to go be a paramedic on the streets. That sucks, and they cannot pay me enough to do that. I mean, right. literally, they can't pay me enough to do that. I wouldn't be able to sustain my lifestyle. Sure. Um, well,
0: well, I was a, I was a tanker, and uh, yeah. I wasn't going to do that in the real world, so I, I had the Exactly.
1: Movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it's. A, I'm glad you brought that point up, though, that what you did in the military, let's go ahead and Put that in a resume and that's what you're going to do on the outside. And, you know, even as a tanker, you can put things in there like you're a leader of, of you know, so many people in an organization and, you know, mysterious po- parts of the world and, you know, all this other kind of stuff. And you can wordsmith all of that and it can translate. But that may not necessarily be what you want to do. So that's a very good, good point that you made there.
0: Absolutely. And there's, you know, an invaluable list of soft skills that you bring out regardless mm-hmm. of your MOS or particular specialty was in the military. Don't sell yourself short. There's a lot there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've heard people say things. Well, come on, Wally. I mean, my what are my qualifications, I can walk for many miles under an 80 pound rucksack, I can, <laughs> you know, stay up for hours on end doing staff duty. And, you know, yeah. well, yeah, but those are disciplines that others have never experienced. So, you know, let's, let's reframe that. You know, Matt, one of the things I like to get into is this, uh, I like to ask this kick in the gut moment, because yeah. so many men and women Uh, We all get kicked down multiple times. It's what we do with that information and that experience that either changes the trajectory of our life, makes us learn something that was very valuable that we don't realize in the moment, or it keeps some people down. And that's rather unfortunate. So if you would, share with us a kick in the gut moment, and then we're going to get into what you learned from that and what it did for you.
0: Yeah, sounds great. So my kick in the gut moment, um, you know, and all your veterans will experience it for those that come out and begin working, say in the corporate world, working on an at will basis for perhaps the first time in their lives. And uh, for, in working for one of my corporate employers, let me just tell you this story. So I just completed a corporate relocation, moved clear across the country. Um, at my job, I was the only manager overseeing all three shifts of seven different product lines at this at this plant. i'll I'll, I'll obscure the name of the organization. Uh, what little time I spent at home was spent sleeping on the floor in a brand new house that I bought, and this went on for about two or three months until my wife, uh, who was a physician and is a physician, Uh, Uprooted her practice and moved all of her household goods clear across the country to join me Uh, You know those in the military could probably relate to that experience. Mm. Uh, She was also pregnant with my oldest son and Literally within a week of her arrival. I mean we're still in in boxes um, I was called into the office by HR told that I was being let go as part of an organization-wide RIF or reduction in force So there I was without a job uh, my wife pregnant and also without a job uh, and our whole house literally in, in boxes surrounding us. So that, that was a tough time. Um, the, the stress level was amped up. But, uh, you know, the military, among the many things it teaches us, is uh, provides perspective. And in this case, about, about how to be resilient, mm-hmm. about how to get back up when we're kicked down. I mean, it's just life. We're, we're all going to get kicked down at some point in, in time. And you need to just keep getting back up. Uh, for me, at that point, you know, I landed in another role. My wife secured a job as well. But, you know, I walked away from that experience with a few lessons. Um, one for me was never put all your eggs into one basket, and that's when I started, uh, you know, delving into other things on the side. Uh, part of which became this this book effort uh, that now everyone can benefit from. Uh, second, nothing lasts forever. Uh, you, you know, you as an individual, whatever role you're in, you're, you're always expendable. Uh, So, you know, train your your folks to be able to backfill you at whatever point in time that might need to be. And, uh, you know, you need to look out for yourself and be okay with what you have. Uh, The the at-will employment world is exactly that. You work at at the will of the organization and they can, you know, pull that ticket whenever they want. Uh, So you got to make sure that you're set on the side uh, with some kind of reserve. Uh, for for cash or what have you and, and be okay with that
1: yeah that's one of my Monsters that I scream all the time. Regardless of who you are, what you you know, what you do, what your age is, you should always have, if anything, if you don't have a, a robust savings on the side, three to six months to completely replace your income, or some sort of a side hustle or a plan to do something. Because, like you said, either the organization can let you down, something can happen to you, a family member can go ill that you need to care for an extended period of time. I literally just got a Facebook message, um, a group you know posted out on Facebook of a close friend of mine uh, who I did not know was going through any hardship whatsoever and is a DOD civilian and is out of leave and he's been on you know leave you know um, medical leave all the you know he's used up all of his leave so now they're asking for any DOD you know to donate leave Uh, and I don't work that environment anymore otherwise I'd certainly be doing that but it's just a case in point that you never know what's going to happen and this was actually an uh embolism that occurred out of nowhere you know and so these things happen and this is you know another uh friend of mine that's also retired from the military and he's young you never know what's going to happen so guys take heed to that uh what matt just said and figure out something that you can be able to do on the side for some sort of an income because what did that do to you mentally because you know you obviously recovered from it and you had the income uh, you know, from your wife's side at the very least, to sustain and take care of some stuff. But nonetheless, I know when I retired as a master sergeant, and I just thought I was, you know, had all the, you know, I knew I had all this knowledge, equal opportunity advisor, master resiliency trainer, all this other, you know, ran these organizations, that organization all over the world. I had connections. I thought for sure I was going to get a job right out of the military, you know, uh, right out of retirement with the DoD or or otherwise. And four months later. <laughs> There was nothing there. So, yeah. you know, and I was going through my savings, and it was, like, getting kind of scary. But it was more of a kick in the gut because I was like, well, damn, I'm getting no after no after no, rejection after rejection. I can't handle this rejection. It's tough, yeah. man.
0: Yeah. yeah, and you're not alone. I mean, statistics say that folks coming out, they're going to spend on average, veterans that is, they're going to spend on average 22 weeks unemployed. And uh, the first role that they enter, because they've done what before who instead of the opposite, they're only going to be in it less than a year and a half. And they won't be in a a role in a career field of their choosing until their sixth post-military job. It's an incredibly sustained rate of failure and something I'm dead set on trying to eliminate.
1: Wow. Yeah, so let's get into that. How are you paying it forward? How, how, how specifically are you doing what you're doing? And obviously you're doing it for veterans and to the benefit of employers as well. But um, how's all this working out?
0: Um, well, uh, it, it's, it, I think it's going pretty well. My book literally just came out uh, last week. Uh, And book scan numbers are only available on a monthly basis, so I I don't have the stats to throw at you yet. What Amazon is telling me when I looked at it last night, uh, it's ranked uh, of uh, 2.2 million titles, uh, I think 52,000 or thereabouts. So for for a niche audience, which uh, veterans would be, I'd say it's performing okay so far um you know I, I see this i'm obviously biased because i i wrote the darn thing but you know don't take my word for it take the word of the reviewers and the endorsers of mission transition it's been endorsed by sitting retired members of congress generals astronauts super bowl winners best-selling authors and fortune 500 ceos you know I, i've been very humbled as well as amazed at the unsolicited praise i've received because <laughs> you know so here i am uh uh, as a, a plebe but freshman at, at West Point, I got a D in English, so I never thought I'd be writing a book. Uh, but it, here, here's why I think I'm receiving the, the feedback that I am. Uh, I mean, the point of the book is to help veterans product, productively unleash the talent that we all know exists within them by overcoming that civil-military divide and gaining uh, you know, full employment in a career field of their choosing following active duty. Uh, secondly, the book is written as a practical guide in a manner of a, a field manual, which uh, seder- veterans would implicitly understand, kind mm-hmm. of very much a crawl, walk, run, step one, two, three approach. And the, the, the last point is one I've emphasized previously, which is, you know, it, it focused first on who. I spend the first two chapters uh, drilling down specifically at that uh, before we get into the what. It's not till chapter four that we even begin to talk about a resume, And then I spend the last two chapters focusing on culture, which is a huge determinant Mm -hmm. of how you're going to be successful and where you land. And most folks don't even understand or consider that until they're actually in the organization.
1: Yeah. Yeah, all very important things to consider based off my experience of being retired for a little over four years now and working a lot with different people that are struggling through the transition. So greatly appreciated, man. I mean, it's just such a huge need. Is it coming out on audio?
0: Oh, it's out right now on six different versions. Excellent. Um, MP3, CD, um, hardback, Kindle, uh You name it. Yeah, (laughs) just a little tip for
1: you guys, man. Something that I do personally is I will get a book like this, and I I plan on getting the book just because I want the knowledge. Uh, when I'm talking to other people and and can recommend the book, I'm sure I can already. But I'll just I just like to review it myself. But I'll get the audio version, and then it sounds like the type of book that since it is a field manual of sorts, uh, step by step. Then I'll buy the hard copy so I can make my notes in the margins and you know just tab the heck out of it and all this kind of stuff. So uh, that's greatly appreciated that you have it out there on audio because a lot of the listeners obviously listen to a lot of content.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, I'm very much a notes in the the column person. To, to your point, um, there's a ton of exercises in this thing, kind of fill in the blank sort of stuff. So, uh, you know, for, by my way of thinking, I'd I'd buy the hard copy. But okay. it, everyone has their own preference.
1: No, no, that makes sense. Yeah, thanks for clarifying that because that is extremely important uh, for those type of books. So. Guys, definitely we'll have the links and all that stuff in the show notes. So don't worry about writing anything down. Uh, You're definitely going to be able to uh, click on the link and get a copy of Mission Transition. Super excited about that, man. Yeah,
0: likewise. um, (laughs) It's been great for me getting it out, just actually seeing it in print. And uh, I look forward to getting the next one out and helping employers in the same way.
1: Well, that's a whole other side, man, that whole process of finishing something like that. I mean, it's literally like your child. uh, And you just, as soon as you get that first hard copy, you're holding it. I know I'm looking at mine sitting here on the desk. Yeah, it's just a beautiful thing to And mine's tiny. I mean, my first book is just tiny, but super powerful. But nonetheless, it's it's just such an amazing feeling to have it finally done and printed.
0: Absolutely. And now the mission is getting in the hands of those people that need it the most and helping them find their journey to their next, you know, spot in in their, their life journey.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'll definitely be a part of that. And I'll be pushing it out as much as possible uh, as I'm going because I'm always in organizations over here and and different meetups and, and uh, various networking groups and stuff talking to veterans all the time. So I'll be doing my part in that and guys, Once you get a hold of the book, definitely be sharing it out. Be abundant in your actions and pay it forward and share the book and share this episode with others so that they can uh, hear all the amazing things going on that Matt's doing for you and for others. So, Matt, we're at the point where we're going to pay it forward. You ready to do that? Let's do it. Excellent. Excellent. Hey guys, while we're on this conversation of transition, many people are in the process of transitioning from jobs to starting their own business into entrepreneurship. And you want to talk about a stressful environment if you don't know what you're getting into in business and entrepreneurship. I get the opportunity to talk to business owners every single day who are five years, 20 years in, or even a couple months in and had no idea the things that they had to have in place and the strategies that they could use to dominate their market, whatever that may be. If you are transitioning into a business or from business to business, or even if you're a seasoned business owner, I want to invite you to subscribe and listen to Business Owner Growth Podcast. At businessownergrowth.com, you're going to find simple and low to no cost strategies that you can implement in your business to greatly improve your revenue and profits. Revenue feeds your ego. Profits feed your family. And listen, you just might be thinking that you know all there is to know about your industry. I've had conversations with business owners, been in business for 15, 20 years and didn't know the strategies that I shared with them and actually felt like fools because the strategies were so simple that they had never considered them themselves and it helped them in their business in so many ways. So go check out Business Owner Growth Podcast at businessownergrowth.com. When you grow, your business grows. So, share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today.
0: Sure. So, first one's easy to say, but kind of hard to do. You know, we we talked about defining your who. So, to, to your listeners, I challenge you first to understand who your who, your, your personal strengths and passions, and then understanding that, then determine your why. W- what is your purpose, and how are you going to to leverage that who? Those combination of those two things are going to make you an unstoppable force and provide you an uncommon peace of mind and sense of fulfillment. All right? You're not going to find those answers anywhere but inside yourself. and it, It's going to take some time and self-reflection to get there, but it's well worth the journey. Uh, those answers are going to be unique to every single person out there, and uh, so don't you know, cut and paste from somebody else. Uh, you are unique, as are your own who and your own why. 2nd uh, kind of matt let's
1: dig into that real quick because i might have missed it earlier but um can you clarify a little bit more about the the who part and then we'll talk just briefly about the why part because you know many of us have heard of the simon sinek start with why that's right uh, and and stuff like that and he wrote the book uh, leaders eat last which you know that's he right followed a lot of military guidance and stuff like that so can you clarify that a little bit because it's kind of Going backwards to what some people may have heard, which I'm I'm all about. This I want a new perspective.
0: Yeah. So, for, for my way of thinking, um, you know, I, to, to me it all starts with who. If you understand your personal strengths and, and your passions and uh, how that fits in the real world, um, the, the the why I see is being a, a, a little bit different in terms of your. Your purpose and to me it's where and how your who fits in the real world Uh, and the the combination of those two things is uh really what you know when you look at maslow's hierarchy of needs and Mm -hmm. uh, you know self-realization being at the top of the of the pyramid uh i I think it's those combination two things that get you to the top of that pyramid
1: okay yeah thanks for clarifying that man i appreciate that so continue on if you have any more action action steps
0: Yeah. So the second one I'm going to borrow from uh, Carl Bryan, one of your mentors in a recent podcast you did, uh, where he defined, uh, you know, abundance uh, as both a combination of growth and contribution. Um, And to do that, I I think you need to eliminate those things that are holding you back. And, uh, you know, to that, I'll point to a couple things Uh, in today's society. There tends to be this insatiable desire for for more, you know, uh, more wealth, more whatever it is. Uh, But that insatiable desire also tends to drive uh, kind of competition and a zero sum thinking. It it results, tends to result in a decreased willingness to collaborate, which, you know, in this world, (laughs) particularly in our country, you know, we we desperately need more of. Um, Another thing I think holding people back is the simple fact that they spend their entire days doing things they don't really enjoy. Um, Marcus Buckingham of the Gallup organization tells us only 20% of the population uses their strengths, you know, doing what they love on a daily basis. And if you're not doing stuff that you love every day, you you know, you're not going to have a lot of energy left over to focus on other people. So if you're not doing something you love, please, you know, pick up my book and give it a spin and feel free to drop me a line. Which leads to my last point, you know. uh, purchase my book, not just because I wrote it or trying, because I'm trying to further the book, it's going to help you in any career change you're going to be facing, but especially veterans. Um, you know, and, and if you're not going through a career change, buy one for a veteran, because they're, they're certainly going to need it. They've not been taught these things, and it'll make a huge impact in their lives, their families' lives, and in the future productivity of their prospective employers.
1: So what rituals make the biggest impact in your life, Matt?
0: Well, I, I, I'll break that down in, in terms of a couple different roles I have, you know, I'll start with as a husband and a father. And I think I'll start, a daily habit for me is just being there, whether I'm actually physically home or not, it's just being uh, present, you know, again, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally. When when I travel, for example, you know, I make sure to connect with with my kids and my wife every single day, uh, usually before I go to work in the morning and, and certainly in the evening, you know, when they come back from school or whatever their evening activities were. Uh, and kind of in relation to that, you know, relating my my love to my family, and I I may not always agree or approve of their behavior, but I'll always love them as a person. I think it's important to distinguish there, and you know, it's my belief that that daily affirmation is kind of the the fertilizer that sprouts uh, roots to their own significant lives. Uh, so that's kind of husband and a father on a, on a personal basis. You know, there are brief moments of meditation and prayer, and I don't want to give your listeners the impression that I set aside, you know, an hour or two every day to to do this. I don't. But I do find it helpful to have a few moments of introspection throughout the day, whether that's, you know, in the shower or in the car driving to work. Frankly, any time where you can have a conversation with yourself to validate that your day's activities are synchronized with your own personal priorities. And then the last thing I'll say on a personal basis is is exercise. And the, you know, the, the older I get, the harder this gets to do, but but I keep at it. Um, it helps with energy, stress relief, and just general health and fitness. It, it's something the military uh, taught me. Uh, you know, exercise is part of the job, and I've I've just always tried to keep that going.
1: Yeah, great action steps, man. I really appreciate that and uh, and rituals that you have there because. <laughs> The one that the one that few people talk about is well all of those actually very few people actually talk about and I know some do is the family time and the personal time. I love my quiet time in the morning and that's where I get most of my great ideas and I just kinda get re energized and then as the exercise goes if I if I'm just too busy and there's times, I'll admit, I mean I'll I'll just say I got to get back I'll take my kid to school we ride our bikes down there and I'll come back and I'll I'll skip the fitness center and come straight back and get to work when I do that for a couple days a week I just feel so drained I feel all the aches and pains in my body Um, so I I just got to stay active I got to stay moving man otherwise that's how so many people say well my back hurts so I can't work out no your back hurts because you don't work out Uh, (laughs) is what that's my personal experience anyway
0: yeah, no, I'm the same way.
1: Yeah, so what are you reading? We obviously your book, and we're definitely going to plug the heck yeah. out of that. But what else are you reading or listening to that you'd recommend to our abundant leaders, and why?
0: Yeah, and there's a full library I could reference, but I'll just I'll point to a couple of things other than my book. Yeah, you know, first Wally, you know, I, you're doing a great service here. So let me just plug your, your podcast. For me, it serves as a regular reminder that we are here for others. And that your success is determined by where you finish, not by where you start. Um, I'm also a big fan of, of Stephen Covey. Um, you know, he's he's long since left us, uh, but you know, he he presents a holistic approach to helping define your life's priorities in a very easy to understand construct. Uh, his Seven Habits book is obviously well known, but I personally found his Seven Habits of Highly Effective Families to be particularly helpful in my personal life. Uh, One exercise in there he has is generating a family mission statement. That's something that we've put together in in our house and uh, I I think has made a a positive uh, impression with with my kids.
1: Well, thanks for sharing that. I've got actually two copies of Seven Habits here on my shelf, but I do not have that one and had not even heard of it. So I'll have to get get a hold of that one.
0: Yeah, like I said, it's been real helpful with our our family, and uh, I'm glad I read it.
1: Excellent. So what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? And if you would like, you can gear this directly towards veterans and and kind of reframe that uh, and give us a a twofer here in that what do you feel is holding most veterans back from really landing the vocation of their dreams?
0: Well, so I I started earlier with a a, a a lengthy diatribe on uh, the number of challenges they they have coming across so I won't uh, foot stomp that again to me it, again it really comes back to first uh, discovering your your who understanding your, your personal passions doing something that you're going to love and uh, yeah. I, again, I'll, I'll I'll state the the quote or the statistic from uh, the Gallup uh, organization that you know only 20% of the American population actually uses their their strengths the the things that make them feel strong that they're passionate about every day. So that, I mean, flip that around. 80% of the population isn't doing stuff that they love. Uh, so please make every effort to uh, put yourself in that that 20%. Uh, it'll make um, an incredible difference in your life. In fact, I'll I'll throw another statistic at you, uncovered through research of my book, Uh, for veterans that are able to find and and land in a career field of their choosing, uh, right out of the service, uh, they will more than double their career earnings, their job satisfaction, and rate of retention. It makes an incredible difference in their lives and the lives of their families and in the productivity that their prospective employers are going to realize from them. Uh, so uh, there you have it. I guess the other thing holding people back is, you know, the, and I, I may have mentioned this earlier as well. In today's society, there's you know just a, a lot of competition and zero-sum thinking. People always want and want and more and more. Uh, at some point, you have to determine for yourself, you know, how much is enough. And and I've personally struggled mm. with this as well. Uh, w- what I found, though, if, if if you can determine what that is, and realize that you have enough, the, the abundance mentality can finally take hold. And, and then you become a, a true asset uh, to others in your life, and much less selfish.
1: Yes, absolutely. Matt, that is... Spot on, man, because that was something that I had struggled with for many years and kind of where this whole abundance mindset and this whole abundance journey came from and the podcast for that matter. Because, you know, people ask me now, Wally, what do you do? I mean, you know, because I do, I still work, I still do things, but I'm doing it on my own terms. But, you know, what do you do to live the lifestyle that you live? And I tell them it's not what I do, it's what I did. I, I got my Priority straight i got my finances straight i got you know insurance right i got you know money in the bank i got all this stuff taken care of i have income i'm very very fortunate to be somebody who has you know i honestly and it's i'm not saying it to boast i'm just saying flat out i make more just to wake up in the morning than most people do work in you know eight hour 80 hour weeks i mean it's just you know or an 80 hour shift or whatever 40 hour week and 50-hour week, 60-hour week. Uh, I'm very, very fortunate in that. So since I have all that in place, I can be so much more to so many other people in my church, my community, and my family, uh, and friends in need. I can just take off and do what I got to do. So guys, that's something else to consider. And do you, do you address any of that in your book as far as the transition process to making sure that they have everything set up and ready to go for that point?
0: Absolutely, especially the, f- the finances. And yeah. we'll- one point I made: There's three exercises that I, I have folks do. The details of those exercises you'll actually find on my website. Here's a <laughs> here's something I learned through the publishing process. Uh, HarperCollins is my publisher. They had a seventy thousand word limit. Uh, my manuscript was roughly a hundred thousand words, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, Rather than make that unavailable, uh, there's about a quarter of my original book for free out on my website, and it's intended to be used in conjunction with the book, specifically these financial exercises that will definitely set you up for for more success uh, than you would have otherwise coming out of the service.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because I see people still, like you said earlier, you, you, you mentioned it all. They don't realize <laughs> when they transition, they just have to repay, replace their paycheck, and it's so much yeah. more than that.
0: Absolutely.
1: Oh, my goodness. It's insurance. It's you know, everything. It's, and then, of course, it all depends on the state you go to, which, guys, do your research on that. Yep. Uh, some states are not veteran-friendly, and others are more veteran-friendly. That's so, right. Very important.
0: All those allowances, of things you, you've been getting that mm-hmm. may not have been taxed previously, suddenly you may be in for a rude awakening. Oh,
1: so rude! I, I, I retired when I was in Hawaii, and my my for my two vehicles uh, to register my vehicles went from twenty five dollars a year to four hundred ish a piece. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. ridiculous,
0: and that's a small example. Yeah. yeah, that's just
1: one tiny example for sure. But then there's other benefits as well. So anyhow, so Matt, what does being a man of abundance mean to you?
0: Uh, I'll point to a couple of things there. First, um, to me, it's a, it starts with servant leadership, in that you know we're here to serve others. In the military, we call it selfless service. You know, in in the real world, kind of here's the paradox. Uh, If you're a servant to those up the chain, you're only serving yourself. If you're a servant to those below you, you're serving the entire organization because the success of those below you will ultimately be your own success. The the, the second point is, uh, you know, kind of building on our our last question, you know, realize at some point that that you have enough. Realizing that and living that is what's going to free you to focus on others instead of yourself. And until you do so, you're you're going to continue to struggle with with selfishness. And as I said, I I did for a long time too. Uh, it's been a long time coming, but uh, it, there's an amazing freedom that comes with having a, a mind of abundance.
1: Yeah, and listen, guys, we're all on our journey. None of us are perfect, and I slip up all the time. Uh, in my mindset. That's why I love to have these conversations with abundant leaders like Matt and all the others that I've had the pleasure of conversations with and getting out in the community and talking to people that are, you know, further on in life than I am. I just, you just got to get into those communities and, and get to know people and listen And then take action uh, to adjust your mindset, man. So, Matt, I greatly appreciate it, man. We are definitely going to have your website, MatthewJLewis.com, linked up in the show notes. We're going to have your book linked up uh, where we can find it. And what else do we not talk about? You want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today.
0: So a, a veteran specific item, um, you know, there are a couple of bills pending in the Senate right now. The headline is uh, all around preventing veteran suicide. Uh, there's some other things tucked in there that's going to help build a nationwide network of veteran collaboratives. Uh, you know, there have been studies that have shown direct links between an unsatisfactory or, or an incomplete transition and veteran suicide ideation. So the, the, the two bills, if, if you would reach out to your U.S. senators, are 785 and 1906. And uh, by the way, this is yet another reason to, to purchase my book and help veterans have a successful transition. As, you know, someone that endorsed my book said, it, it can literally help you save a
1: life. I totally agree with that. Absolutely. So yeah, definitely, we'll have that linked up in the show notes as well, guys. And certainly, take a look at that. Get involved, and you know, do what you can where you can. So, Louis has been a great, or Matt, it's been a great conversation. Uh, Greatly appreciate you, man. I really dig your mission. Go out, live your life of abundance, and keep paying it forward because it is, in fact, making a huge impact.
0: Thanks, Wally. Continue to uh, look forward to to pay it forward, and uh, thank you again for the opportunity today. Appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. All right, all of you abundant leaders, your action step for today, especially if you're in the process of transitioning or considering a transition, then find somebody, find some resources, get a hold of Mission Transition, and any other guide, book, resource that will help you transition because there are things about the transitional place that you're going to that you simply do not know about. There are many things to consider. The transition can be very stressful on you, your family, and your kids if you have children. You have to consider and and have conversations with them so that they understand what's going on. Transitions are fun and exciting times, but they can be very stressful And you can get through it so much easier when you have the proper resources and the proper knowledge and mentors, coaches, or consultants. Now, go out, live your life of abundance, and make sure to pay it forward.
0: That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.